Welcome to the Lifehouse Message Podcast. Please make sure to follow or subscribe to this so that you can get all the latest messages. We hope that you are inspired, empowered, and encouraged by the message today. Let's enjoy. Hey everyone, super excited to be able to talk to you all today because today is Valentine's Sunday. Come on. Who's excited for Valentine's Sunday? Yes, because I know there's some people that really enjoys Valentine's, have had maybe some good experiences with Valentine's, and maybe there's others that don't really like Valentine's. Maybe you uh, tried to give someone a chocolate and they thought it was just a friendship chocolate, and it wasn't just a friendship chocolate. But no matter what your Valentine experience is, we're going to talk about God's love. We're going to talk about God's joy. And that is the theme for this month is closer to joy. And God wants to bring joy into all of our relationships. Isn't that great? God cares about your relationships. And so we're going to talk about what that looks like in our relationships and what that looks like in love. So what is love? This is a great question, a question that we need to answer before we can understand how God can help us to love someone else, right? And so God, I think God knew that humans would be asking this question, what is love? And so he gives us an answer in the Bible. Are you ready for it? 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4 to 7. This is a really beautiful scripture about love. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustices, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Come on. Hey, did you like that? Did you like that definition of love? Because this is the kind of love that God wants to give to us. Come on. Because in order for us to learn how to give love, we need to first get the love of God. And that's what God did when He sent His Son, Jesus, so that we would all be able to experience His love, the true form of what love is. And you know what's interesting is a few years ago, maybe, I don't know, eight years ago or so, uh, me and a few friends, Sam and May, we went to Shibuya. Maybe you know where Shibuya is. It's the middle of Tokyo. It's where most of the young people gather. And so we went to this place one night and we did a street interview. And what was the question? What is love? So we asked these young people on the street, what do you think love is? And some, most people were like, oh, now that you ask me, I don't actually know. Maybe it's a, a, a feeling. Maybe it's when you like somebody or do something nice for somebody. Maybe it's going on a date with somebody that you like. And so we're like, okay, okay. If that's what you think love is, okay, okay. Well, let me show you a description of love and see what you think. And so we showed them this scripture. We didn't say it was a Bible verse. We didn't have 1 Corinthians on it. We just showed them what it said. Love is patient. Love is kind and and the whole thing. And we let people read this scripture. And their reactions were so amazing. People were like, wow, that's a pretty good definition of love. Or wow, I really like this. And some people were saying like, if this love exists, I want that love. Isn't that amazing? 
that people in Japan that have never heard the name of Jesus, they don't know who He is, they don't know who God is, they know that His love is good. Amen? And God's love is for everybody. God sent His Son Jesus to give us His love because God is love. And so in order for us to understand what love is, we need to accept Him, His love, into our lives. And that's where we're going to see real life change. That's where you are going to be able to love others. That's where you are going to be able to love yourself is when we accept God, when we accept true love into our lives. And so today, we're going to talk about how can God make my relationships better, right? Isn't that a question that we all want answered? How, well, first of all, how can I make my relationships better? And second of all, can God make my relationships better? And so today, we're going to look at a story in the Bible of an incredible couple, which I really think really exemplifies 1 Corinthians 13 type of love, right? And so what we're going to do is we're going to read the Christmas story. <laughs> what? Yes, right? We had Christmas like a couple months ago, and it was amazing. We talk about Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the wise men and baby Jesus being born, and it's amazing. Well, you know what? I'm going to take the story about Mary and Joseph, and we're going to talk about it here on Valentine's Day. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I'm crazy for using a Christmas story on Valentine's. But you know what? We're going to look at this story, and then we're going to jump back to 1 Corinthians, and we're going to see that God chose Mary and Joseph for many reasons. But I really think that their relationship was a beautiful thing, and God was at the center of their relationship. And so, you know, this is how God gives us Jesus, is this Christmas story. And so we have Mary, who's just a regular girl. And we have Joseph, who's just a regular guy. And they were engaged and they were ready to get married. And so I think that they were planning. They were having all these dreams and what I'm going to do with this. And this is going to be the festival. And we're going to have these people dancing and playing music. And they would have had all these dreams. And then all of a sudden, God interrupts their dreams. God interrupts their lives. And so, we're going to read the story of Mary and Joseph. So, Matthew 1, verse 18 to 19 says, This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? So this is already a pretty wild beginning to this story. And if we read other Gospels like Luke, we know that an angel came and spoke to Mary and said that you are highly favored, that you are chosen by God to be bring this, the greatest gift into the world. That gift being Jesus. That gift is a savior to take mankind's sin away so that we could have a relationship with God. The angel says to Mary, this is going to happen through you. And Mary's like, I don't understand what's going on, but God, let your will be done. Then she has to tell her fiance. So uh, Joseph, a crazy thing happened the other day. And uh, now I'm pregnant with the Holy Spirit. As you can imagine, I don't think Joseph believed her 
But I also don't think Joseph was a nasty man and he wasn't trying to hurt her either. And so, in verse 19 it says, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So, he decided to break the engagement quietly. So, like any man being given this news of, so I'm pregnant through the Holy Spirit, Joseph would not have believed that. Like if someone, you know, if when we were engaged, if Melissa came to me and said, Monty, I'm engaged through, I'm pregnant through the Holy Spirit, I would have been like, no. So Joseph has his own encounter with God. And God speaks to Joseph as well. So verse 20, it says, as he considered these things, as Joseph was worrying about all these things and thinking, Oh my goodness, like, why is this happening? Like, how could this happen? I love Mary so much. And I think he would have been devastated and asking God, like, how could, what are we going to do? As he was considering all of these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So I love the angel turns up and speaks to Joseph. God speaks to Joseph and says, Hey, Joseph, it's okay. Don't be afraid. Mary hasn't done anything wrong. This is part of God's incredible plan, and you're part of it too. You're going to name this boy Jesus, and he's going to be the savior to save the world. Wow, isn't that pretty incredible that God spoke to Mary and God spoke to Joseph? Both of them had their own personal word from God. Without it, I don't know if their relationship would have survived, right? Joseph was going to cut things off with Mary. He was going to leave her. He wasn't going to disgrace her, but he was going to leave her. Right? And God turns up as he was considering, as he was worrying. And that's the amazing thing about God is that he can speak into your life in the lowest moment, in the hardest moment, in when it hurts the most. That's when God really wants to speak to you. Those are the moments where we shouldn't take a step away from God, that we should take a step towards God, a step closer to God and closer to joy. That's what happened in Joseph's life. And so verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Yay! But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. Come on. So this really is the the, the Christmas story, but it is a story about a young woman and a young man and their relationship and how they made it through. This, this unpredictable situation, these incredibly, you know, like beyond human imagination circumstances. How did these two make it through this incredible, unprecedented situation? And it's because they had a word from God. They both had this, this conviction, this faith in God that it's going to be okay. They both loved each other because they loved God like it's said in 1 Corinthians 13. You don't believe me? We're going to take a quick look back at 1 Corinthians 13 and compare it to Joseph and Mary's story. It says, love is patient and kind. Well, (laughs) 
Joseph was super patient and super kind towards Mary. And Mary was super patient and super kind towards Joseph. They were both loving each other in this way. It says love is not jealous. And so I could imagine being young and having my plans for my wedding be a little bit different than the reality of what happened. That happened to me and Melissa, actually. Right? Our, our wedding, we, we were going to get married in March. Oh, no. Sorry. May. <laughs> Watch out. Starts with an M. Okay. <laughs> May of 2022. And that's when the pandemic hit and our plans was ruined. But we still had a beautiful wedding with our family and it was an incredible time. And I think for these guys too, like they could have been jealous of their friends, of people around them that got married ahead of them and had the wedding, the dream wedding and had all the bells and whistles on it. They could have been jealous, but I don't think they were because they were holding on to something deeper, something more powerful than that. It says love doesn't, is not boastful or proud or rude. You know what? Mary wasn't walking around with, you know, a pregnant belly like, Guys, sa- savior of the world, right here. You see, you see that? You see that? You felt, yeah? Savior of the world. You know, it's, it's kind of a big deal. All right, like Mary didn't do that, right? She was not boastful. She was not proud. She was humble. She really, and she she was proud that that God would choose her. But it wasn't like a hey, look at me, I'm so amazing kind of thing. It was it was a humble, soft proudness, which is a beautiful thing. It says, love does not demand its own way, right? When they got to Bethlehem and had baby Jesus, when he was born, she was like, I'm not having my baby in this filthy stable with all these barn animals around me. I need the hospital. I need the the, the maids and the people to help me have this baby. I need a hotel. She was not like that at all. She was not demanding. Again, she was humble and she understood the miracle that she was carrying. And so it says, it is not, love is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. This is one thing that uh, <laughs> being a few years into marriage, I'm still learning. We're almost at our three years of marriage. Woohoo! But, uh, you know, you learn something on very quick in marriage. It's that uh, you don't want to say the words, you always something something or you never something something. You're just asking for a fight, all right? You're just asking for trouble when you bring these words, when you bring this vocabulary into your marriage, okay? And whenever you use those words, it's like you're keeping records of the things that have happened or haven't happened, right? And so I I don't think that Joseph and Mary were the type of people that was like, well, you always or you never get the booking at the hotel. You should have checked. Like, I don't think they were like that with each other. I think it was, you know, like patient and kind. It says, love does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. You know what? The truth was that that baby, Jesus, was the son of God. And when Jesus was born, there was rejoicing from all different people, from all different backgrounds, from the shepherds to the wise men. They rejoiced because the son of God was born. It was a moment of truth, of freedom, of rejoicing. That was the kind of love that was happening there. It says, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Boy, did they go through every circumstance in this first section of their marriage. It would have been tough. It would have been difficult. It would have been trying, but they held on to faith. It says, love never loses faith. They were holding on to the word of God. They didn't give up 
on the Word of God. They didn't give up on God's plan, on God's promise. They were always hopeful that this baby is going to be what God said He is. He's going to be a Savior. He's going to help people. He is the Savior of the world, the Messiah. They, hold, they held on to God's Word. And it says that love endures through every circumstance. And man, I can see them going through difficult moments and saying, but come on, what did God say? What did God say? Come on. And encouraging each other through every circumstance that they face. And they faced a lot of stuff. But I think it's, it's, it's a beautiful image of Mary and Joseph and how they really loved each other and how we can see 1 Corinthians in their relationship, right? So for us, how can God help our relationships, right? The first thing is that we need to listen to God's Word, right? They listened to God's Word. They, they could have rejected it. They could have listened and then be like, nah, nah, that's not true. Ah, uh, nah, I'm not going to believe in that. Oh, no, I got my way and the thing that I want it to be like. They could have done that, but they didn't do that. They listened to the Word of God. And journaling has absolutely changed my life. And journaling is not going to be like every day. is not going to be like, wow, this is the most amazing thing ever, right? But there will be some days where it's like, that was God. Like God really spoke to me something clear. And you know what? When I started, well, before I started dating Melissa, uh, I, need, I got a word from God about this girl. You see, I, I was interested in Melissa for a while. And uh, in my mind, I always thought that we had to get to some certain level of friendship that I had defined in my head. Like, we got to get to this level before we can do anything else or before I can even consider asking her out on a date, right? But I don't know what it was, but we could not communicate. And, you know, I, I don't think of myself as a bad communicator, but for some reason, with this girl, every time we would, like, you know, try to play catch ball with our conversation, it'd be like, hi, hi. And, and like, we were like, God, can I have a, a conversation more than five seconds to figure out if I want to do this or not? So, I, I, you know, I thought she was very attractive, uh, you know, physically and the way that she loved God, the way that she served God. And uh, I was interested for like a year and a half or maybe half a year, year and a half to two years, maybe. I was interested, but I was scared to ask her out because I didn't know. I didn't know what was going to happen next. And so I asked a lot of people their opinion. Hey, what do you think I should do? Do you, what, do you think this will work? Or do, what do you think? Or, or is this, is this a, a good idea? Or, or, and everyone basically said, yeah, she's a great girl. <laughs> like, duh. I knew that. But like, I don't know what I was hoping for. Was I hoping for someone to say, nah, you shouldn't do it? Or nah, this is what you need. Like, I don't know what I was hoping for. But I asked a lot of people for their opinion. But their opinions, the word of man, didn't change my heart. But one day, when I was reading the Bible... I came across this scripture and it was a story of Jesus was telling a parable and it was a story about a groom who was having his, his wedding party. And so he says to his servants, go out and invite my friends to come to this wedding party. So they go out and they give out the invitations and no one comes. Everyone makes excuses. It's like, oh no, I got to wash my hair or oh no, I got a new car or oh no, uh, I'm sleeping in today. Like, they made all these random pathetic 
excuses. And so the story, the man in the story says, all right, well, go out to anybody and everybody and invite them to the party. And so normally when we read this story in the Bible, we think, okay, this is talking about outreach. This is talking about go out and tell people and bring them to church, right? No, God uses this scripture to tell me to ask a girl out on a date. What? <laughs> Basically, God, I felt God say to me, Monty, I am giving you the invitation, the first invitation to this treasure called Melissa. But you could be like those other guys and make excuses and miss out. Or you can say yes and accept the invitation to my treasure. And so I was like, did that just happen? Like, God, was, is that you? Because I could not think of that on my own strength. That is not what my brain can come up with. And I knew in that moment, I was like, I need to do this. I need to ask her out. I need to at least find out what's on the other side. And so we need to see sometimes what God is going to say in our lives. This is why we need the Word of God. And I was joking with Tuske as well. Some of you know Tuske, another one of our great pastors here in Tokyo. And he also had a similar experience. Reading a random part of the Bible had nothing to do with dating, had nothing to do with love, and yet through the Word of God felt called, like, I need to ask this girl out. And I'm so glad that I did. Hallelujah. Praise Lord, the Lord. Amen. Okay, so we are good now. We are having an incredible life. But without the Word of God, I don't know if I'd be married right now. I don't know what would be going on in my life right now. Thank God for God's Word. And so how can we make our relationships better? We need to be hearing God's Word. We need to be reading God's Word and taking that and applying it to our lives. And the second thing is that we need to act on the Word of God because it's great that I got this Word of God to ask Melissa out, but if I didn't do anything, it's all meaningless. It's all pointless. If I don't act on what God says, then what's the point of getting a word from God in the first place? And I love the, that Joseph and Mary actually, because when Mary got the word from God, she went immediately to Joseph. She got the word from God and was like, I have to be honest. I have to talk about this with Joseph. She didn't go around to all the people in the village or the neighborhood or the family and be like, what should I do? Oh my God, I don't know. Oh my goodness, what's going to happen? No, she was like, hey, Joseph. I gotta tell you something, I've got some great news. Like this crazy thing happened to me. And then Joseph as well got the word from God. And as soon as Joseph got the word from God, he acted. What did he do? Boom, he married her. That's pretty amazing. He went from like a few hours earlier, how am I going to break this off? To I'm gonna marry this girl. That's pretty wild, right? And it happens. Uh, the, angel of the Lord, God speaks to Joseph four times in this story. And some of those times God was saying to Joseph, you're in danger. You need to get up and run. You need to leave. Take the boy, take your family and go. And every time that God speaks to Joseph, boom, he acts immediately. He was a man of action because he was a man of faith. And I want to be more like that. I want to be more a man of action and a man of faith and a man of love, to be honest, because Love is putting the things in our heart into practice, isn't it? Right? Putting it into action. And so that's what I love about Joseph is that he, he had all the excuses he could have had in the world, but no, he listened to God's word and he acted upon it. Final thing 
is the most important thing is that we need to keep God at the center of our relationships. Now we've been talking in the context of like a, a man and woman relationship, but this these principles apply to any of our relationships, right? That we getting words from God, acting on God's word, which is always going to bring life and fruitfulness. But we need to keep God at the center of our lives, at the center of our relationships. Because if we let other things become number one in our life, then things are going to fall apart in the future, right? God's rightful place is at the top of our life, is number one in our life. That is His rightful place. And when we put Him there, then He blesses everything else. All of the relationships, all of the stuff that's happening in our life, God wants to bless you. Do you know that God knows your prayers? God knows your desires. Single people, God knows your prayer. When I was single, the number one thing I prayed for was for a girlfriend. I'm going to keep it real with you, okay? That is the number one thing that I prayed for, okay? So I know what it's like to keep on praying and keep on being disappointed until you're not, <laughs> until God brings the blessing, until God does what He said He was going to do, right? We've got to be men and women of faith, of action, and we've got to put God where He deserves to be, which is at the center of our life, at number one of our life. Because even after you get married, God has got to stay at number one. Because if, if your spouse or, or someone else, your, let's say even your friend or your family, if they become number one, then you're building your life on something that could break. But when we put God as number one in our life, God ain't going to break. God is going to take care of us. God wants to speak to us and He wants to let us understand, let us experience his love that he talked about in 1 Corinthians 13. And so last, I just want to read the scripture with you guys in Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 to 12. It says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. And here's the key part. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Come on. And so if you're in a marriage or you're in a relationship, okay, two, but what is three? Who, who's number three? Who's this? We're talking about God the Holy Spirit in our lives, having Him as the cornerstone of our life, as the center of our life, so that we wrap our lives around Him. It's not the other way around. He doesn't wrap His life around us. He doesn't try to cater to this and that. No, no, we wrap our lives around God, around God's Word, amen? Around what God's plan is for our life. And it, you know, it even talks about like two is better than one. And you might be thinking, well, I don't have a, a significant other. Well, you know what? You are not alone either. Because when it talks about two, you and God, boom, you can stand back to back with God. And He is going to protect you and fight for you and help you in your life. You are not alone. 
so that when you build your life on God and then you see someone else and they build their life on God and you bring that together, there is something truly powerful when their, a union is made like that. A braid of three is not easily broken. And I've heard this thing uh, about like uh, married couples, Christian couples, because the overseas, the rate of divorce is pretty high even amongst Christians, which is really sad. But I've heard this statistic that Christian couples that pray together, basically 100% of the time will stay together. Let that sink in. The couple that prays together stays together. And this is true because their life is built on God. Their life is not built on one another. My life is not built on Melissa and Melissa's life is not built on me. Our lives are built on God and we come together and we form a strong, tight, bound unit. Isn't that great? And so God wants to bless your relationships. He's not trying to take away. He's not trying to be judgmental. He wants to help. He wants to bring strength. He wants to bring love, right? And the joy that comes with that love. And so let's make sure that we keep God at number one, that we, we keep on praising Him and not praising, you know, other people before Him, and that we keep on choosing to keep Him first. We keep on choosing to love people because people think emotion is just this, you know, uh, love is just a little emotion that we have. And like, wow, isn't, isn't that great? And that's a part of it, but that's not love. Love is an action. Love is putting that into practice. It's putting 1 Corinthians 13 into practice. And if you don't have Jesus in your life, then you don't have that 1 Corinthians 13 love in your life. But I have good news for you that today we can change that. Today you can experience that love of God. So right now, I'd like to take a moment to be able to pray with you all. So if you want to raise your hands with me, I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over your life. So God, we thank you so much for today, for this Valentine's Day, that you first loved us, that you sent Jesus to this earth, God, and that we would be able to even know Jesus, that we could even accept Jesus into our life, God. It's such, it's the biggest blessing, the biggest gift that we could ever have. And so right now, God, I pray for anyone that may be struggling in their relationships, whether they're single, whether they're married, whether they're somewhere in between. God, I pray that we would put you first, that there are no other idols before you, that you are number one in our life, God. And I pray that as we do that, that you would bless our relationships, you would strengthen our relationships, God, that we would be able to pour out the love that you give to us into the relationships around us, God. So I pray that you help us and strengthen us. In Jesus' name, amen. And lastly, I want to pray for anyone that, like I said, you don't yet know Jesus. You haven't accepted Him and His love into your life yet. Well, I'm going to count to three and I'm going to say now. And when I say now, I'm going to ask you to make a decision to receive Jesus into your life. And all you need to know is that Jesus loves you, that He died for you, He rose again, and He wants to give you His love today. So if you want to get ready to accept Him, three, two, one, now. Right now, why don't you accept Jesus into your life? Come on. 
Let me pray for those that made that decision. God, I thank you for these amazing people. I pray that you come into their life right now and you forgive them of all of their sins. All of the hurt from the past are gone in Jesus' name and that you would fill them with your love, your perfect love, God. I pray that you would just fill them with your love and your joy and that you would give them incredible hope for their future as well. We thank you, God. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's message. We've got a lot of great messages coming up. So make sure you come back next week and we'll see you then. Have a good one. Thanks for listening today. We hope that God was able to speak to you through the message. If you consider Lifehouse your church home, or if you were blessed by these messages, then why not consider generously supporting us? Simply go to mylifehouse.com give and find the giving way that works best for you. Have a blessed day and we'll catch you all next time.